Good morning. Quick question for you. If you could choose to be any animal in the world, what would you choose? Think about that for a second. Maybe you choose to be an eagle, majestically soaring through the skies, hunting its prey and just being a really flipping brilliant bird. Or maybe a lion, the king of the jungle, with its pride prowling around on top of the food chain. Maybe you choose something a bit more fun-loving, like a dolphin, swimming in the ocean blue with your mates jumping and twisting through the waters. For me, I'd actually choose something a bit more boring than that. I'd be a domestic cat, because domestic cats are awesome. They kind of have humans wrapped around their little fingers, or little claws as it should be. Uh, they pretty much spend their life just eating and sleeping and scratching a bit, and I think being a cat would be pretty much the kind of life I would choose sometimes. Why am I asking you to think about animals? Well, we're halfway through now our amazing series on the church, the ecclesia, God's people. And we've been studying each week different pictures that the Bible has of the church. In fact, there's over 90 pictures of God's people through scripture. And it's almost like the church is like this diamond. You know, a diamond has multi-facets, different faces. Like whatever angle you look at a diamond, it's beautiful, but different. It's got all these different sides to it. And this week, we're going to be looking at another one of those sides. So, so far, we've looked at things like God's household, his family. We've looked at the church as God's building where his presence dwells. We've looked at the church as the body of Christ and this week's picture of the church is based on animals we're actually going to see the church as an animal but which animal is it well I wonder if any of you answered my question at the start by saying that if you could choose to be any animal in the world you'd be a sheep a sheep do you know what I bet none of you chose that because frankly why would you want to be a sheep I mean they're not the most majestic looking things for a start. They kind of just look like little weird clouds on skinny little legs and funny little faces. Actually, if you get up close to a sheep as well, that beautiful woolly cloud actually, actually looks a bit minging, like it's full of dirt from the field and other places. Um, they're also not the most like amazing physically. They can't run very fast. They can't jump very high. They can't fly, certainly. They're a bit awkward and clumsy, quite frankly. And yet, when the Bible chooses an animal to describe the church, actually the one that is used most often is the sheep. The church, God's people, are the flock of God. That's what the Bible describes us as. And you're like, seriously, God? Sheep? That's what you want, to, want us to be seen as. I mean, really, could you not have chosen something a bit more majestic, maybe a bit more beautiful, a bit more graceful? And it's not even like this is just like a tucked away, one-off little reference that we've pulled out from like a minor prophet at the back of the Old Testament. This image of God's people as a flock, as sheep, is consistent throughout scripture from Abraham through to Revelation. Some of the main characters in the Bible are very much related to this image. You've got Abraham who kept sheep. You've got David. David, who we, we did a, a Bible series on just before this, who is a shepherd boy. And we've got Jesus, who we'll see today, who describes himself as the good shepherd. It seems to be that throughout scripture, God wants us to know that he views us as his flock. He sees us as sheep. And it seems a bit crazy, doesn't it? Surely there could have been something a bit more exciting, maybe something a bit more flattering, to be frank. Is, is this what you really want us to be, God? Sheep? Well, I want to suggest to you this morning, I want to help you to understand this morning that being sheep is no insult. It's no 
we're not being shortchanged when God calls us his flock. There's some really beautiful and important things to know about being the flock of God that will bless us and that should really excite us. Actually, I'm going to talk about three particular things. And the first thing is this. Number one, being the flock of God means that we get to follow a shepherd. Let me just read to you uh, from the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Uh, and we're looking at verses uh, 11 to 15. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. What a beautiful picture Jesus is setting out for us there. And it really helps us to understand this picture better if we learn a little bit about what sheep and shepherding and flocks meant back in Middle Eastern culture, the time when Jesus was writing, and, and well, Jesus was in the Bible and when the Bible was being written. You see, when we think of sheep today, what you're probably picturing is a big rolling green field, lush with grass, fenced off safely with a big dry stone wall and full of sheep who just stay there. They don't move, they don't go on, on roaming around, they don't run off through the, through the hills. They just stay in this large enclosure and they, they've got all the grass they need for life and they just munch away. And occasionally the, the farmer might come and shear them or, or get a bit of milk off them or frankly take them to be slaughtered. So if there's any veggies, out here um, but basically these sheep will just stop in this one place and they've got everything they need that's what you kind of see around Britain when you see sheep but that couldn't be much further from what the biblical picture of sheep was and what it was to be a sheep and a shepherd and a flock in the bible you see sheep in this time would have lived in the Judean wilderness they would have roamed the mountains they would have roamed the hills with a shepherd they would have they would have had big lush green fields of grass to graze on. They would have had to journey day by day just to find tiny mouthfuls and morsels of food just to keep them going. It was an arid, dry, stony, rugged landscape that they existed on and they had to rely on a shepherd. The sheep couldn't survive this landscape on their own. They needed to be guided day by day to places where they could get the food or the water that they needed to survive. It was total reliance. But there's something really beautiful about this relationship between sheep and the shepherd. The shepherd was a protector and a guide and a provider. And Jesus says in this passage, I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as I know the father and the father knows me. This relationship between shepherd and sheep is as precious as the relationship between Father God and his son, Jesus. And it is a relationship of total trust. You see, sheep have this amazing ability to hear and know and understand their shepherd's voice over any other. I once saw a video of a field of sheep um, 
and they were all standing there just minding their own business and there was a farmer there who knew the sheep really well but he also had some visitors to the farm and he gave them each a bag of food and he asked them to he told them i want you to shout this to the sheep shout this word to the sheep and see what happens so they were all shouting this call to the sheep the call that he would use every day with them and they stood there with his bags of food and they're shouting to the sheep come here come here come here and the sheep just stood there motionless not even remotely interested and then the shepherd said, now watch this. And he said exactly the same word that these people had said. And as soon as he called this word out, the sheep came running because they knew his voice. His was the voice that they trusted, that they were attuned to. And they came to him because they trusted him. They knew that this is the guy they needed to follow. Sheep are incredible, close followers because they understood, and they understood in this Middle Eastern culture, that their very life depended on following this shepherd. They trusted them so much that they knew that following them was a difference between life and death. But the relationship, that tenderness and that trust was also kind of reciprocal. Like the shepherd had a unique and tender relationship with their flock. They wouldn't just see a big field or a big hill full of anonymous sheep. These shepherds got to know their sheep so well. The stories that even in the dark, a shepherd will be able to unite. It's the lambs of a flock with the right mother in the flock, even in the dark. I read another story where a shepherd said, if you, if you blindfolded me and just put my sheep in front of me and I just touched their faces, I'd be able to tell you which sheep was which. That's how well I have to know my sheep to shepherd them well. And that's what these Middle Eastern shepherds did. And it's just this beautiful picture of, of sheep that trust their shepherd and a shepherd that just knows their sheep so well and provides for them. It's a, it's a picture that we just see throughout scripture. A shepherd who leads the whole flock, but knows each one individually in a really beautiful way. It's comprehensive care that the shepherd provides. There's a verse in Isaiah 40, where God says to Israel through Isaiah, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are young. Do you see the tenderness of that picture. It's just beautiful, beautiful care that the shepherd has for his flock. I hope they're understanding this Middle Eastern picture of, of the flock and, and how the shepherd tends to the sheep and how the sheep follow their shepherd just helps us to identify straight away why God chooses this picture of sheep to describe his church, to describe his people. Of course, it's probably most beautifully expressed in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And that passage just comes to life when you understand that Middle Eastern shepherd, shepherding. The Lord leads us to green pastures. And that didn't mean big rolling fields where there's loads of green, but it, it meant leading the sheep to the place where there was just enough green food to eat for that day. It's a daily interaction, not a one-off, here you go, stand in this field and you're set. No, every day the shepherd would lead them to somewhere new where they would find what they needed just for that. I wanna actually at this point just recommend to you, I'm not gonna to go too deeply into the individual relationship because this is a preaching series about the church, but Chris CB did a beautiful preach about five years ago. It's available on our website. We'll send a link out to it. Just a really deep focus and study on Psalm 23 and what it means for us as individual believers. I would highly recommend sometime this week, take a lie down on your bed or in a comfy chair and just soak in that preach because it's beautifully done and you will just get a, a real understanding of God's heart to us as, as our shepherd and us, his sheep. Have a listen to that. We'll send the link out. <clears throat> but... In this picture of us as the flock of God and, and relating to a shepherd, 
God goes even further than the kind of shepherd that the sheep would have in the Middle East. You see, the shepherds that were there, they were great. They would lead the sheep, they would feed them, they would help them, they would know them really well. And they would protect them. They would protect them. They would fight off um, predators that would try to attack. But this beautiful thing about the Lord being our good shepherd is that he goes further. He says, I am the shepherd who lays down his life for my sheep. I lay down my life. That is just amazing. We have a shepherd who not only fights a bit on our behalf, but who would die for his sheep. We see Jesus talk about how far he will go. We see um, in the parable of the good shepherd that Jesus tells, the shepherd who chases after the one lost sheep because he cares so much about each individual, even if it means leaving the, the 99 uh, for a little bit to get them. In Ezekiel 34, we see God say to Israel, I myself, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. God wants us to know that he is personally our shepherd. He will stop at nothing to care for his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. And as his church, we get to have him lead us. He guides us, he leads us, he protects us, he feeds us, he knows us intimately, and he lays down his life for us. In doing that, in laying down his life, he actually looked after our greatest need. Our greatest need in life, church, is to have our sins forgiven and to be restored to God. And that can only happen if we have a shepherd who is willing to lay down his life for us as a sacrifice to pay for our sins and restore us to God. He is the good shepherd who looks after every need, but especially our greatest need, forgiveness. God wants us to be seen as his flock because he wants us to be sheep who follow his good shepherd. And he's given us the ultimate shepherd, one that we can trust implicitly. We know that he loves us so much that he's willing to die for us. That is the kind of shepherd we can follow trustingly. That's true for us as individuals, but it's true for us as a church, Freedom Church Liverpool, we are on a journey. And we don't have a five-year plan of what we want to do. Like, we don't have a, a set-out plan of this is where we see the church in five years. Our plan as a church is to follow our good shepherd who leads us daily, who leads us step by step, not running ahead. He just gives us enough for each day. He shows us the next thing when we get there. That's all we want to do. We don't want to set our, our human limited goals on it. We want to follow the good shepherd as a church and stay close to him, knowing that every step of the way he will provide for us and protect us and he will die for us every step of the way. I find that not insulting to be a sheep. I find it exciting and comforting. That's what I want to be. That's the animal I want to be. If that's what God is going to do for us, that's the animal I want to be. The second reason why I think this picture of being the flock, of being sheep, is a really exciting thing is this. It's that a flock survives by sticking together. You see, the Christian life, believe it or not, is not easy. There's no promise in the Bible that if you become a Christian, life gets much easier. You'll have everything you want, everything you ever needed. Life's going to be a cushy number. Actually, it's the opposite. We're, we're told that we're called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Living a Christian life is a life of difficulty and sacrifice and there's pain in it. It's not easy, but we get the shepherd to lead us through it. On the road of, of Christian life, there's many distractions and trials and temptations and attacks. In the first preaching of the series, I referenced Jesus saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I wonder what you notice about that phrase. 
He doesn't say, I will build my church and hell won't attack. He says, hell won't prevail. That means it's gonna attack. The devil's gonna try and bring my church down, but he won't win. Do you see what I'm saying there? That being the church, being the flock of God means we are gonna be attacked. We are gonna face opposition. We are gonna have moments where the devil comes after us. We have an enemy who wants our worship. We're trying to devote our worship to God and to Jesus. And the devil say, no, over here, follow me. And that is a road that leads to destruction. And he will stop at nothing to try and take us down that road. But, Jesus, but God gives us this picture of the flock because he knows actually we're more likely to stay the course, to follow him well, if we follow him together as the gathered body, the ecclesia, the called out ones together. We need each other on the journey. We need each other as Christians. Um, actually, to, to honour God, to grow, to be more like Jesus, to do discipleship. Discipleship is just devoting ourselves to a leader, to devote ourselves to Jesus. To do that well, we need to do it together. So that when the day of judgment comes, as Paul says in Colossians 1, that we can be presented fully, as fully mature as the bride of Christ. It's a narrow path that we walk, but when we walk it together, we're much more likely to stay on it. Over the lockdown, for the first time, I actually read Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. It's one of the most read books of all time. I don't know why it took me so long to get around to reading it, but it's a really helpful book, really helpful picture of just walking that straight and narrow path, following God. And, you know, he finds it much easier when he's got a companion with him along the way. But it also tells us just how easy it is to struggle and be distracted and to fall away. We've been learning all the way through the series that we're a body, we're a household, we're a family, we're a building, and now we're a flock of God. And each of those pictures shows us something about how God has designed his church so that we are better together, that we mutually bless and support one another and help one another towards that goal of just being presented fully mature in Christ when the day of judgment comes. And this flock, uh, image I think really particularly helps us to understand the benefit of being together, being in the flock. Think about for a second, one of those BBC nature documentaries with the awesome David Attenborough narrating. Think about when you see a flock of wild animals and you see a lion wanting to attack. Have you ever, ever seen a lion just run head first into the middle of the flock and just tear like 20 animals apart? You don't see it, do you? What a lion does is he waits on the edge, he prowls, and he waits until he sees one animal get detached from the flock and then he pounces. There's actually safety in being together, but when you fall away off to the side, that's when you're at risk. And that's a picture that the Bible uses uh, really, really starkly. 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 uh, and verse 8 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's really stark language, isn't it? This devil, this enemy of ours is out there just prowling, just waiting for one of us to fall away so that he can attack us and take us away from the flock. And I've seen it. I've actually seen it in my lifetime. I've seen it in churches and Christian groups that I've been in. And it can be a gradual thing where you just see someone start to lose touch. You just see someone start to drift away, to fall away from the flock. They just stop coming to this, that or the other. They maybe detach from their life group a little bit or, or stop coming so regularly on a Sunday. And before you know it, they're starting to make decisions which, which aren't in keeping with following God. And they stop pursuing the shepherd quite so attentively. They stop hearing his voice so loudly. And before you know it, 
bang. The devil pounces, the roaring lion pounces and devours his prey. You start seeing really bad life decisions. You start seeing people, I've seen people just ultimately just lose their faith and just go down a life of, of sin because they've become detached from the flock. You know, our, the things we do as a church, our, our life groups, our huddles, our Bible studies, the courses that we put on, our prayer meetings, our Sunday mornings, even our social gatherings where we just be together as family, they're not for nothing. We're not just trying to fill your diaries and demand your time and make you busy. Us as elders and leaders in the church, you know, we're given the role of shepherds. That is the role of an elder is to shepherd. We're here to teach and to instruct and to care and to pastor and to help to steer you and frankly, to guard the flock and keep us together. It's a nourishing role of caring. It's not a power filled, status elevating, chest puffed out role. It's a role of just trying to, trying to nourish and keep us together as a body. And our ultimate role is to keep us all pointed towards the good shepherd. Beware any human shepherd who makes it all about them. Our role as leaders and elders in the church is to direct us to keep us following the good shepherd. And we're there to try to keep us connected and to help the entire flock connected. And all this stuff that we put on, all the stuff that we arrange as a church, is designed to keep us in, to keep us together, to keep the friendships formed and staying connected means that when attack comes and it comes, we're much more likely to survive because we're, we're tightly bonded and we're, we're better as a body. When you're closely contacted with your flock and, and with your earthly shepherds, then we're more to, to closely contact with our good shepherd. And if you are just on the edge, if you do feel yourself just falling away and drifting away, just remember we have a good shepherd who chases after the ones, who chases after the individuals, who won't leave you walking away. He wants to come after you, he wants you to be back in the flock. He loves you, he loves us. And he doesn't let us go lightly. He knows each of us intimately and he is gracious. Even if we do fall away, if we do walk off, he still wants us back and he'll stop at nothing to bring us back. Even where sin is committed and we pursue something else for a while, this is the shepherd who laid down his life for us and who wants us back in the fold. There's tremendous benefit in being in the flock. It helps us, it protects us, it nourishes and grows us. And it's a blessing to us. So as sheep, as the flock of God, we have a good shepherd and we have safety and protection and health in the flock. The third thing that I just wanna mention of why I think this picture of the flock of sheep is a great picture for us and one to be excited about is that a flock of sheep has a purpose outside of itself. What do I mean by that? Well, think about flocks of sheep. You don't keep them as pets. No one shepherds a flock of sheep as a hobby. Sheep always have a purpose beyond themselves. They're kept for a reason. It might be for milk to make beautiful sheepy cheese. Well, what's the sheep cheese that they have? Is it Gorgonzola? I don't know. There's a sheep that, there's a cheese that's made out of sheep's milk, which is really nice, but I can't remember what it is. Um, for their fleece, for their wool, for, they're kept for, sometimes for their skin, actually sheepskin coats and stuff were, were a real thing at one point. They're kept sometimes for meat, for, for a beautiful lamb. Um, and actually, in Middle Eastern culture, sheep were bred for sacrifice. They were a big part of the religious system of, of actually you would sacrifice a sheep to atone for sin. But there was always a reason why sheep were being kept. They weren't just kept for no reason. The flock of sheep had a purpose beyond just mere existence. 
And I believe that God wants to really drive that home for us as the church, as the church locally, as Freedom Church Liverpool, as the other churches in Liverpool, and as the church universally. We have a purpose beyond ourselves. We don't just exist as a cosy social club. We don't just exist for our own benefit. There was a famous quote, I can't remember who said it, I'm afraid, but he said that the church is the only organization in the world that exists for the benefit of its non-members. I find that really challenging, but really exciting as well. As a church, we don't just exist for our own fun. Although it is great fun. I love church. I love this family, this community. It's beautiful. I love being with you guys. But we have a purpose that goes beyond our enjoyment of each other, that goes beyond our enjoyment of the family. We exist as a church for something more. We are a light to the nations. We are God's chosen vehicle to deliver the good news of his gospel to a pain-filled, hurting world. We are good news. We are something that should be a blessing to those around us. Our very vision as Freedom Church spells this out. We talk about living free, so enjoying the benefits of living in the light of Jesus' amazing good news. But we also talk about bringing freedom. That means taking the freedom we have out to the world around us and proclaiming it and giving it to other people. We exist for something beyond ourselves. We talk about the four, four, I was gonna say five, four loves, loving God, loving one another, and then uh, loving Liverpool and loving the nations. Those last two, they're things that, they're for more than just us. Loving God and loving one another is great. We can do that together in the body, it's beautiful. But we also exist to love Liverpool, the city, everyone in it, and love the nations. We exist for something beyond, far beyond ourselves, and we've got to grasp that. And that's why God wants us to grasp that we are the flock. We don't just exist for ourselves, we exist for beyond. We exist to proclaim Jesus to those around us. The good shepherd wants us to bleat about the gospel. He wants us to proclaim it loud and clear, not just enjoy him on our own. That's our calling. Freedom Church, Freedom Flock. There's benefit in being in the flock. We get to enjoy this amazing relationship with our good shepherd. But we're also to provide something to the world around us. That's why we do things like Baby Basics. That's why we do things like Freedom Church Debt Advice. That's why we're doing visiting in Older Hay. We wanna bless what is around us. We wanna be good news to a city and a nation that is hurting. If you're part of Freedom Church Liverpool, welcome and thank you but you need to know that we have a purpose beyond ourselves. Don't just be a consumer Christian. Don't just think about church in terms of what can I get out of it? Is this serving me? Think about how can I, with this amazing family of mine, bless my friends and my neighbors and my workplace and my city and my nation and the nations around me. What an adventure we get to go on. I think this picture of the flock is so, so exciting. There's so much to it. There's so much more I could say this one, and I do encourage you again, listen to Chris CB's preach about Psalm 23. That will really bless you. But I wanna just leave you with a few questions this morning, just to reflect on and challenge you a little bit and encourage you, I hope. Number one would be this. We're the flock, we're the sheep. How's your connection to your good shepherd this morning? Your good shepherd knows you, and he loves you, and he knows you so intimately, and he pursues you. 
how you're doing, how closely are you following him right now? Maybe you're, you're feeling great, actually, maybe you're in a really good relationship with them and you're feeling that intimacy, but maybe you've just drifted away a little bit. Maybe you've got to a place where you're struggling to hear his voice a little bit. Maybe you've just drifted off to the back of the pack a little bit and you're in danger, actually, of stopping being able to hear him at all. This is the time to just come back in. He welcomes you, he's chasing you, he wants you. Come back in, spend some time with him today. Reconnect with him. Spend some time in his words, spend some time worshipping and just know the voice of the shepherd. He's calling, he's speaking, he wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear him, but you've got to be close enough and, and, and uh, available enough to do that. And if you've never had the connection to the Good Shepherd, maybe you've never, you don't know this Jesus, you've never felt connected to him, maybe this morning is the time to know and hear that he laid his life down for you so that you could have a relationship. Maybe this morning is the time to make a commitment to him for the first time. The second thing I would ask is this, how's your connection to the flock? If you're in a church, if you're in Freedom Church, how well connected are you feeling to those around you? How involved are you in other people's lives in the church? Are you feeling a bit out of things at the moment? Have you maybe just slipped away to the side a little bit? Are you maybe just not communicating very well with people? Are you, are you missing friends? I've really missed a lot of friendship at this time. We've had to make special effort to do friendship in a way we wouldn't normally. We've had to meet in ones and, and walk around parks together or, or, or do Zoom calls or text messages or whatever. But it's important that we keep pursuing that because when we fall away and we drift away from the flock, that's when we're in danger of being of, of an attack. How's your connection to the rest of the flock? What could you do this week to just reconnect with some key people and, and just get that sense of being in the flock again? And finally, how's your sense of purpose beyond yourself, beyond ourselves? How are you viewing church at the moment? Are you viewing church like a consumer, like what's it going to do for me? Or are there things that you could do more where you think, oh, actually, how as a member of this church, as a member of the church globally, how can I be a blessing to the world around me? Maybe think about that this week. How are you viewing things? Is there more you could do? What's God speaking to you about, about how you could communicate and bless this world around you? There's just some thoughts for you this morning. I hope this has blessed you. I hope you're coming away this morning excited to be a sheep of all things. I hope it's exciting you. It's exciting me. And I can't wait, guys, to be together physically as the flock of God and worshiping together very soon. God bless.